Alright ladies and gentlemen, this one's going to be a little bit more somber before we get into our actual podcast proper. So, wife and I only, or rather this was really only brought to our attention, kind of, I was on Twitter and I happened to see it. So, if you're not already aware, one of the founders of Super Awesome Games, Danny Mandel, unfortunately, well, 2017 hasn't been a great year in general, and in this particular case, his son suffered a stroke. Now, his son is 11 months old at the time that it happened. Uh, he was a former team lead for the WoW TCG back when it was under Upper Deck. As I mentioned, he's a founding member of Super Awesome Games, who currently designs the Verse 2 players card game, the new iteration of Verse, among other games that they produce. But none of that really matters at, for what we're talking about. An 11-month-old little boy had a stroke. So, long story short, there is a charitable drive, I guess we'll call it, going for his son. So, it's over on youcaring.com, and it's for Jacob Mandel. Uh, Again, this is Danny Mandel's son, M-A-N-D-E-L. Well, there's really, like I said, he's a former... Wow, TCG designer, but that really shouldn't come yeah. into play. This is really a horrible thing. You can read up on the details. I don't really want to go into it. I don't know him or his son personally. I've never met them. I've never spoken with them. So we don't bring up anything political. We don't bring up anything, you know, in general. There's been, there are plenty of other charities that also are worthy of donations. And if you don't currently do any charitable donations i'd encourage you if you're if you are able to do so do so not just in, at this time of year when it usually comes up but all throughout the year whether it's veterans disaster relief anything else or in this case something a little more personal for a little boy that needs help so again this is for jacob mandel the um title for it on youcaring.com is support jacob mandel's stroke recovery and again, we don't know Danny, we don't know Jacob, we don't know, we've never even spoken with them. We just happen to play this game, and through the grapevine, essentially, we've seen other people bring it up. Uh, if you follow Patrick Sullivan, former uh, Cryptozoic WoW TCG designer, head designer, uh, on Twitter, he's posted it up there. There are some other names that you'll probably recognize if you visit the page, Uh Personally, we're not that familiar with youcaring.com, but this was the one that everybody had been directing everyone to. So we wanted to throw it out there uh, just so people could have a chance, take a look at it, and maybe if they can help out, help out. So we appreciate it, and uh, on with the show. Hey, husband. Yes, wife. Do you know what an acorn is? What is an acorn? In a nutshell... It's an oak tree. Wow. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Random's Thoughts. I'm husband. And I'm wife. And we're back to talk about the WoW TCG. Woohoo! So, I don't know about you, wife, but I'm tired. 
I'm so tired. <laughs> uh, it, we're recording this after Thanksgiving, and it's the holiday season, and it's and PAX. Just, it's also after PAX. Yeah, too. it is after PAX. So we, we do want to talk about PAX at some point, but probably not today. No, we just have work to do. Yeah, we have a lot of stuff to go over today, but we're going to get to that in a second. Real quick about PAX, we did have a lot of fun. Yes. Uh, we did talk to a bunch of people about the podcast and we about did. a bunch of other games. So we will have a report on that in an off-topic section. That in an off-topic section, if I can talk, even my tongue is tired, at some point in the very near future, because we do want to get that out while it's still kind of topical. Yeah. Um, Although, to be honest, I guess those games aren't going anywhere. This so. is true. Yeah. We, we, it, true to form, we played some dead games while we were at PAX. We yes, did we play did. live ones, too, but we played some dead <laughs> we games We did play we some PAX. dead games, and we did talk a lot about WoW, including running into a bunch of old WoW people. Ones that we had known from before, and it was really exciting. Yeah, running into those guys. Uh, who did we see? Stan? We saw Scott. We saw Brian. We saw Anthony. Yep. Well, you saw was... Anthony. I didn't see Anthony. Yeah, you weren't there because you were I was learning. The... I was learning a new game. No, you might have still been in line at that point. I was probably still in line. Yeah, that's the one. That, well, well, we'll talk about that another time. Yes. But anyway, so today we wanted to talk to you actually about some new content. Yes, so our wonderful fearless leader, Logan, um, has a set for us for monks. Now this is based Pandas. On, on the mists of Pandaria. Stop. Stop. So if you have and not already fiery. checked out RTO Games over on Twitch, so it's twitch.tv slash RTO Games, they have actually been doing some test games with some of the new cards so that we can try and test it right now i think it's officially version 0.2 so 0.1 is well as you would imagine it was the very first iteration that logan had released on the facebook group the twitch stream i believe was using that version and then a handful of things have gotten tweaked from there the next deadline is intended to be well around christmas yeah so the I, intent, as I understand it, and I'm not trying to put words in Logan's mouth, is basically we want to iterate, or the group wants to iterate on the cards that are released. So as we find things, we tweak them. It's not, you know, huge overhauls in one shot. The idea is to try and have rolling changes. Yeah, it's a little more digestible that way. I think it's an an appropriate approach. Yeah, it definitely it doesn't become too overwhelming too quickly. Which so is nice. we have not actually had the opportunity to play with these cards. Honestly, a lot of our games still, even very recent ones, have still been with, well, <laughs> the normal stuff, I guess. Yeah. The original the, stuff. Yeah. The classic. The classic, really. Well, I was going to say the classic contemporary, but that didn't work in my head, so never mind. Uh. <laughs> anyway, so it's still using the official cards, let's put it that way. So we haven't actually sleeved these test cards up yet, but we did want to kind of get our first impressions out there, at least on this version of them. And due to the volume, we're probably going to split it across a couple casts. Yeah, so um, our goal for tonight is to get our abilities... Um, and I will say for me, this is a very, very first impression because I wanted it to be literally the first time I was seeing the cards and what I think about them. So we're kind of just going to run down, as wife said, we're, we're, goal, <laughs> we're targeting our goal as all of the abilities, which is 27 cards out of the total of... 56. 56 total cards. Now that includes quests, a master hero, heroes, 
equipment, allies, and, of course, abilities. Yeah. So we're going to try and get through them. We'll see how long it takes. We're not really sure how yeah. long this one's going to last. All right, so let's start. With set number one, we have a Crackling Jade Lightning. It is a monk ability. It costs two. It's an instant ability for Windwalker. Um, the next time your defending hero is dealt combat damage this turn, it deals three nature damage to the attacking character. Then, if that character has fatal damage, exhaust each lower cost non-resource card in its party. So, to me, the first thing that came to mind was explosive trap. So that's a hunter trap. It has the usual trap ability. You can exhaust your defending hero. And in explosive traps case, it just automatically exhausts all the other stuff and all the other allies and heroes in the opposing party. Whereas this has to deal fatal damage. So it's kind of like noxious trap. Mm -hmm. And then it only exhausts the lower cost stuff. So we didn't really, wife and I didn't really talk about how we wanted to grade these cards. And Mm -hmm. I know a lot of people don't like simple numeric systems or gold stars or pick arbitrary scoring system. Sparkles. So, unless you feel otherwise, wife, and as I said, we didn't talk about this ahead of time, just kind of go with impression. So, good, bad, indifferent, how do you feel about this? Um, I'm feeling a little indifferent, mainly because... At least for me, my general strategy is always to run the smaller guys in first when I know there's a possibility of traps. So, like, I'm playing a, you know, I'm going to run a one-cost character into it. That's... Well, remember, this has to be the defending hero. So it can't be, you can't run into their guys and then play this. This requires... Now, you could theoretically play it as a... A trap, I guess. That's true. So you can, because it's the next time, you could do it right away. I don't yeah. know why you would do that because you're telegraphing it. But at the same time, I don't know, maybe you want to use it as a deterrent. I'm not a huge fan of it because the amount of damage three is actually kind of important. So a lot of good one drops outside of Blood Soul are two health. So, yes. okay, it tags those. But when you move into two drops and higher, four is an important break point. So like Takara, Time Walker Warlord, is a mm-hmm. three four. And well, one of the cards, spoiler alert, later on, it's a four four for two, and uh it's pretty nuts. So the three damage can be very significant. Yeah. I think it can be. Um I just I, I guess I'm thinking for the decks that I play, I can't think of I can think of a lot of ways around it and I can't think of too many ways through it. Well we'll have to come back to this one because it's obviously a more defensive card. You're yeah. gonna play it in a control deck. The whole exhausting your opposing team, including potentially other abilities. So say you you pop a a guy that already has damage on it and it's a four cost guy. It'll exhaust their Tuscar kite. Can you Tuscar in response? You probably Yeah. yeah. So, so that was that was the other thing. I was like, oh, well, you could exhaust a kite. And I'm like, but then they can just kite in response to the ability and put it on the chain. It's obviously, in most cases, you're going to be happy to exhaust all their opposing allies. I can't imagine you would care about exhausting too many abilities or even armor. Yeah. Because, well, if you're playing a slower control deck, you're probably planning on going over the top with a master hero or a gigantic ally or something where you might not care. Mm-hmm. 
right now I'm not too enthused about it, but let's take a look at the next one. So the next card is Dampen Harm, obviously also a monk ability. This is a four cost instant, it's a brewmaster subtype, and it's an ongoing ability. Its power is destroy this ability, friendly heroes and allies have invincible this turn. So for those of you that may not be familiar with invincible, it's a keyword that really hasn't shown up on very many cards. Straight, as you might expect, the first card that, I, at least I think the first card showed up on, was Ring of Invincibility, which was a craftable card. So, Invincible means that the card can't leave play, it can't be dealt damage, and it can't be targeted. So, in this particular case, your entire party has Invincible. But yeah. people can still see it, I don't get it. Don't, don't. Old, no. old no. wow memes aside. No. <laughs> old wow memes aside. This is another one that seems like it has a potential blowout possibility. Because it's just like, oh, well, I play it as an instant, pop it, my whole team survives, which seems really cool. I don't know how often that happens or it's going to matter. Yeah. I mean... It... it, it it could buy you an extra turn, and depending on how you play, it could that extra turn could do well, a lot for you. I look at it this way. You need one of two situations to probably happen. And since it's an instant, that is really important, because if it would, had to sit out there telegraphed, it would be terrible. Oh, God, yeah. So one of two situations needs to happen. You either need to be ready to trade your entire team into their entire team, pop it, and then all your guys come out healthy. Okay, that doesn't seem that great, unless, you know, they were all going to trade one for one. Yeah. Or if you were going to trade them all up into a single big target. The other option is if your opponent's doing the same thing, they're trading their whole team into your whole team. Problem is, in that situation, well, if you do it on the first one, they're just not going to attack your other guys. Yeah. So it seems like it's going to be kind of clunky, but... It does have that blowout potential where if you can get it to work, like if you <laughs> that's can a huge work, swing. Be strong, yeah. But four is a lot to ask, and if you're just sitting there with a board full of guys and you have some cards in hand and four resources open, I mean, obviously you'll catch people with it a few times. But as people learn the monk class, they might be expecting it. So, moving on from there, what do we got next, wife? We have detox. It is a three-cost monk instant ability for Mistweaver, which is so much fun to say. Um, and you put each other ability, ally, and equipment on the chain on top of its owner's deck and then delve. Do you remember what delve is? I do not. I, isn't it like ten cards in? No. No? So you look at the top two cards of your deck, and then you can put them back in any order and or uh, on the bottom of your deck. I remember this now. So... Real quick about Delve, it always annoyed me that it was never that it was not structured as Delve X. So it's like Delve Two is the base. Yeah. So that that way it's two cards, but then you could vary it and say, oh well, it's Delve One, it's Delve Ten, it's Delve Whatever. It just always annoyed me. But that's neither here nor there in this that case. That sounds like a personal problem. Anyway, so we have a air quotes interrupt for monks. Yeah, that is true. Um, and I think it could go pretty well. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm imagining playing it immediately, um, 
against, like, Murloc, and that would be a Bad News Bears. I don't know if they... They wouldn't... So you're saying, like, on Unleashed Swarm? I don't think they go on the chain for that. Oh, that's unfortunate. So you play Unleashed, Unleashed goes on the chain. When Unleashed resolves, they just go into play. That's true. So this would... Well, there went my good idea. Couple notes about this thing. One, it would be cool if it could deal with Master Heroes. That would be. It would probably also be a blowout. Yeah. <laughs> if you just go, oh, I time walk you on turn 10, you oh, get to God. skip your stuff. Yeah. Um, the other thing is putting it back on top of the owner's deck seems like it's weaker than just straight up interrupting it, but it actually can be pretty big because. Setting your opponent back a turn, sort of, is pretty crucial. So now they're redrawing that card instead of a fresh new one. Yeah. On they top have to. of the fact that... So you you basically tell them to skip their turn. Yeah. This actually seems like it, to me, would fit in a very aggressive deck. Because it's, okay, I play a dude turn one, I play a dude turn two, turn three, I'm just going to time walk you. And then keep smashing your face. Oh, when I get to delve and rig my next two draws. Yeah, that would be pretty good, too. <laughs> it seems pretty good. I'm not sure, because the three is rough. Like, three mana is tough. Yeah. Because you have to compare it to Mage's Nether... Uh, not Nether Fissure. Nether Fracture. I always confuse the two. Which just interrupts it. But you don't get delve. I feel like this, this one has potential. What I think it yours? definitely does. Um, and I think it would be... F- it would be fun to play and watch faces as worlds crash. I mean, could you imagine you're playing against a death knight and they're like, oh, you have a bunch of guys, army. No. <laughs> I'd, yeah, that would be that would be really bad. And then even better, you set it up so then you can play damp and harm, and when they play army again, you go, nope, nope. my guys are invincible. <laughs> oh my god, that would be so bad. And then your opponent just goes, sad face. Yeah. So, <laughs> giggling enough about that one, let's go on to the next one, which is Diffuse Magic. So, Diffuse Magic is a two-cost ability. It's our first non-instant, also a Mistweaver subtype. Target player destroys an ability he or she controls. If it wasn't attached, draw a card. So, Logan had mentioned that one of the design goals for monks was that they should basically never target a thing. Yeah. So, the idea... If, they, if the card has to say target, it has to say target. But mm-hmm. he was making a very conscious effort to avoid saying and putting the word target on cards. So this is an example of it. Yeah. So what do you think, wife? How, um, how does this one tickle you? I think this could be fun. Um, it could be good if you have an ability that has been deadened by like a million other things. Oh, you're saying to target yourself with it? Well, you can target... Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, you... Yeah, the obvious, you can play it to target other people, but you also have the ability to target yourself and be like, well, you basically screwed over this one ability. I might as well get a free card out of it. Well, that's a good catch, wife. Or there are a number... Or if a card... So... Off the top of my head, I can't think of any neutral ones. But if there were... And actually, now that I say that... We'll get to that later. There are some cards that ha- involve counters. So if the counters are about to run out, or you just want to cash in and you know, basically cycle a card, you can do that. Or, of course, if you're playing against the 
omnipresent unholy powers or Tuscar kites yeah. or death wishes or whatever. You can just go, okay, I don't care which of those three unholy powers you pop. Yeah. I'm still getting rid of one. Uh, yeah. I mean, if they have three unholy powers, you're probably toast probably anyway. Really but anyway. Day, but... So I, I do like it. Obviously, your opponent gets to choose. So if we were to see an Affliction Warlock, if we were to see a Disease Death Knight, if we were to yeah, see... Yeah, they would have multiple things to choose from. In which case, obviously, giving your opponent the option is bad. But mm -hmm. beggars can't be choosers. Pretty much. And th I think this is pretty strong. And for two, two is pretty cheap. Yeah, two is actually really cheap. Like, I don't feel bad about that, especially because things like Tuskar Kite are not attachments. Yeah. So it's pay two, destroy something, draw a card. It seems pretty good. Yeah, it definitely does. <laughs> so go. let's go to number five, wife. What do you got? All right, number five is a fuse. A fuse. Sure. <laughs> it's a two-cost um, regular ability, not instant, for Mistweaver. Um, on the ongoing, if you exhaust it, prevent the next one damage that would be dealt to a friendly ally this turn. On its death rattle, you may pay three. If you do, return this ability to its owner's hand. First um, thoughts, wife. First thoughts is, it seems okay. I could keep, you know, some of my little guys alive, in theory. I mean, not that I'm playing monk when I'm... Looking at my little guys, but... I feel like paying two for this is a lot. Yeah. And paying five for it, so two and then three more to get it back, is and then way two. too much. So really... Seven. Really seven. That's a lot. Yeah. Now, that, that being said, we're only in card number five. Maybe there's a bunch of other inter interactions we haven't gotten to yet. But right now, initial impression, not impressed. Yeah, I'm a... I'm a... I'm... It's there. Now That's this, where I'm at. If we were drafting, this might be busted because all of your guys, well, maybe not all your guys, but any one of your allies effectively has one extra health. But, yeah. So in limited, where trying to stretch your resources even farther, that seems pretty important. Yeah, it definitely does. But for classic, I'm going to I'm gonna I'm gonna say pass that, on this one yeah, for now. It's, it's, it's a card. It's fine. <laughs> so, number six is Enveloping Mists. This is actually a one-cost monk ability. Again, Mistweaver. Your hero heals two damage from the friendly ally with the most damage. Again, we're avoiding targeting. If you control no damaged allies, your hero heals one from itself, and you put Enveloping Mists into owner's hand. So it's kind of a reverse Taste of Divinity. Yeah. So... I don't remember the wording off the top of my head for Taste of Divinity, but I don't know if it requires a then there. So, it, heal two from everything, then if you control no damaged allies. Um, off the top of my head, I'm not too sure if that matters. I don't think there are. But I'm assuming the intent is that... You either it, heal an ally or you heal yourself and put it back in your hand. Well, you can't heal yourself. Yes, you, if you, you have control... Well, it's... I think the intent is you heal your guys, and assuming they all survived, or they're not damaged, then you get the heal. Oh. Um, yeah. Okay. I thought you were, I misunderstood what you were saying, I thought you were saying targeting yourself, air quotes. No, just like, I thought it was, it's a one turn deal, so you immediately heal yourself, you either heal your ally or you immediately heal yourself and put it back in your card. 
So the question I'd have is this. I guess that, yeah, this should work. So say you played it in a control deck and you had no allies. This would bounce every time. Oh. So it's pay one, heal one. Now that may not be very exciting, but... But that uh, can... That one extra heal... Well, let's put it this way. Let's say it's yourself let's say it's turn five, and you have an eye of storm out. <laughs> so it's just like heal one, heal one, heal one, heal one. Fill up eye of storm from, from literally from there on oh out to the god, end of the game. Oh my god, that would be ridiculous. I wonder if that's intended. Uh, I don't know. We're gonna oh have to god. we're gonna have to put that up there because so eye of the storm or other. How many times did you play an ability this turn? How many times or every yeah. time you play an ability, do something. Um. Yeah, we should we should talk about that one, guys. Do you have the list up for the old equipment and stuff? I do not. So there's an old equipment called Quigmoran's Eye that would reduce ability costs by one. And I don't remember if it lets you reduce it to zero, but if it does, that's another thing. That Ridiculous it's... zero ability heal. Oh my god, infinite heals. But I don't know, A, if it's going to be usable by monks, and B, even if it is, if it actually reduces it to zero. Yeah. And see whether this is the intended functionality. Only you as a truly demonic mind would think of this. I mean, it's not infinite healing. You still have to pay one. Well, yeah. But, like, that that could be significant. From Especially with an eye. Well, let's put it this way. Um, yeah, on turn five, assuming that works, you could almost lock your aggro opponent out of the game. Because every turn, you're, you're tapping down four guys. Yeah. Oh, my God. We'll have to think about it. Yeah. But right. it seems like that one has potential. Uh, yeah, I would say so. <laughs> so what do we got for number seven, wife? It is the Flying Serpent Kick. It is a monk card. It's an instant ability. The cost is whatever you want. So it's X. Um, you may play an ability from your hand with cost X without paying its resource cost. If your hero would deal damage with that ability this turn, it deals that much unpreventable damage plus one instead. What do you think, Wife? Oh, this is a Windwalker ability, by yes, the way. I don't know if you said that. it is a Windwalker ability. I, I mean, I, I think it can be pretty good. Unpreventable is always nice. I think it's fine. I'm not, I'm not like, over the moon about it quite yet. I'm sure I, I could find a situation where I would be, but I think it's... I'm kind of down on okay. this, and again, this is another one where maybe we're going to get the card to 17 and go, oh, that's how that works, but yeah. right now, you're going down two cards to increase the damage by one. Like That's true. I feel... It's really, not... I'm just thinking for unpreventable for all the times that certain things prevented certain damage from Well, me. that assumes that there is, there's going to be something that you want to, that's a monk card an ability specifically that you want to convert to unpreventable damage. Yeah. So we'll have to see if that comes up. My first reaction to this would be, why doesn't it put the other card back in your hand? So let's say you, yeah. you play something like even Crackling Jade Lightning, and you want it to deal four damage. So you use Flying Serpent Kick to play Crackling Jade Lightning, and then it puts Crackling Jade Lightning back in your hand. So it, air quotes, draws a card... But that card is the same one, so essentially it's like reveal the card. Yeah. I don't, again, without seeing the rest of the stuff that was created, maybe that's overpowered. I don't know. Uh, so, anything else you want to talk about on that one, Wife? Nope. That one was pretty much there. 
So this is one of the more exciting ones. The next one is Life Cocoon. It's a Mistweaver talent that costs three. Attach to your hero and put a rejuvenation counter on this ability. Ongoing. Your hero has Mend 1 for each rejuvenation counter on Life Cocoon. If your hero would be dealt damage, prevent that damage and remove a rejuvenation counter from Life Cocoon. If none remain, destroy this ability. At the end of your turn, put a rejuvenation counter on this ability. So that basically, pretty solid. basically it comes yeah. out with two counters. Yeah. So the immediate connection or comparison that I had thought of was Dispersion for Shadow Priest and Power Word Barrier for Discipline Priest. Both of them come out with two counters. Both of them prevent damage. It's probably closer to Power Word Barrier than Dispersion because Dispersion is just removing one a turn but prevents everything. Yeah. Whereas Power Word Barrier, when you get dealt damage, it pulls it off. This seems super strong. Yeah, it does. Because at worst, you're paying three to prevent the damage. Against another control deck, this could tick up to obscene numbers and they'll never get through it. Now, granted, they'll probably have a way to remove it. But unless that comes out or if it has already been, you know, spent, I think this is a very solid card. But that's where my hesitation on the card comes in. So the comparison to Dispersion and Power Word Barrier, those two are instants, so you can get immediate value on them. Value, I guess, not being an accurate term in this case, because you're not really getting ahead on cards. You're just getting ahead on tempo a bit. Uh Unless you're using Power Word Barrier to save one of your guys. This specifically only protects your hero, so you can't use it to save your team. I guess with the mend, but... So it's going to be sitting out there turn, so your opponent could just pop it. Before they even attack. Yeah. If they have two or more attackers, whether it's a hero or an ally, it just dies instantly. Yeah. And it also costs three, which is more than the other two options. So I don't know how impactful this will be. That's true. Um, But if if you can get it going, I think it'll be awesome. I think the issue may be getting it going. Well, living the dream with anything makes it seem great. Well, this is true. But think this scenario. So you're playing Bogmara. Turn one, Rosalyn. Turn two, anything. You're going second. So you had a slow start. You went turn one, Rosalyn. Turn two, Takara, let's say. Turn their turn three. start. Their turn three, they play Life Cocoon. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, I've stabilized. I'm at least eating those two attacks. But then, then you play Chromarius on turn three. Yeah. And you just keep swinging for the fences. And it. I think, yeah, you're right. I, I feel like it's so close. Like, if you gave it more counters to start, it might be too strong. Yeah. I'm not sure, but it... And it, I don't think it can be an instant. No, it definitely can't be an instant. Why not? I feel like if it's an instant, it would go... But remember, the counters go on at the end of your turn. That's true. So no matter, even if it was an instant, you'd still only end the next turn with two counters. I don't know. It, I'm not super excited yet, but it maybe. I mean, preventing all damage from something is... And like I said, in the yeah. control matchups, if you build up a billion counters, well, <laughs> they're never getting through. That's true. Assuming you can keep it alive. But let's move on to the next one. Go ahead, wife. Life Cycles. It is a three-cost ability for Mistweavers. Um, it's ongoing. Put a revival... or You have to exhaust it. Put a revival counter on this ability. Put each 
ally card with equal cost to the number of revival counters on this ability from your graveyard into play. Then, if there are three or more counters on this ability, destroy it. So, well, first off, this is a Mistweaver talent, yes. which is important to note. Secondly, this was one of the cards that RTO Games was using, I believe. Uh, and I agree with them, this kind of fits into an aggressive build. Yeah, it, it seemed obvious does. there. So here's the thing. I could have sworn that they had said that it re returns everything for both players. But what we're reading here, going by the uh, spreadsheet, and by the way, you can check this over on the Retro Wow TCG Facebook group. Yes. Uh, it's saying that it's only your stuff. Oh. Put each ally card with cost equal to number from your graveyard into play. Yeah. That makes it significantly better. Like, I thought it yeah. was good even when it returned both. Yeah. This seems so much better. Now it seems really good. So, obviously, this is a... I'm just going to play out my aggressive hand, and then here's my... And then here's my hand back. Well, it's sort of card draw, if you think about it, because your yeah. opponent's naturally going to be trying to deal with your guys. They they can't win a War of Attrition with this. Yeah. That one seems super strong. Now, the only question, I guess, would be, do you try and... So, you're only really guaranteed to return one-cost guys, because theoretically, once you activated once, your opponent could pop it. Mm -hmm. So, do you build your deck to just have, like, a million one-costs to make sure you get maximum value? That would be ridiculous. Or do something super silly, because if you notice, there's no restriction... To, sorry, I, there's no restriction on resources. Typically, WoW TCG revival-based cards say it has to be less than or equal to the number of resources you control. The idea was when they first created these cards, they were trying to avoid what magic has, where it's, I discard a 10-cost guy in turn one. Turn two, I play a card to put him right into play. In this case, theoretically, if you discarded your hand, or discarded six other one-cost guys and played it, those six one-cost guys can come right into play. Yeah. I'm not sure how you would do that yet, but the but potential is there. Could, yeah. Um, that's something to keep an eye on. Like, I think this is super strong. Yeah. Or at least has a lot of potential. It definitely has potential. And so, I think it could definitely be super strong. So on to page two. All right. Go for it, husband. Number 10, Renewing Mists. It's a one-cost monk ability. It's a Mistweaver subtype. Regular, not a talent. Your hero heals two damage from target ally. Then, if that ally is damaged, put Renewing Mists into its owner's hand. So this is actually much closer to a Taste of Divinity than whatever the previous one was. Enveloping yeah. Mists. Um, I think this could be pretty strong. I think we have the same interaction with... Um, Eye of the Storm potential here. Yeah. But it has the restriction of... Well, A, it's healing more, which in this scenario is kind of a drawback. Yeah. Because you won't be able to play it as much. That's true. Um, and... Um, it also requires an ally. It requires an ally. As opposed to your hero, which you will obviously always have. Or... And it requires <laughs> a, probably more than one ally with more than two health. Yeah, you need multiple three-plus health allies, which, uh, let's be honest... It's a lot they, harder than you think. Like, I mean, I can, well, I can think only, of some, but... Well, not only do they have to have more than three health, 
they had to have lived yeah. after they had combat. So they so were really out they of have turn. To have four health or more. Well, three could do it if you had a two attack guy and I had a three, like a two yeah. three, and I run my guy in. But then it has That's to true. not only live the turn that it was played; it has to live through the turn where I attack it, and you get another turn. You know, it it seems like a lot, but there are again. Eye of the Storm, anything that cares how many abilities you play. There are a ton of abil- uh, excuse me, allies and other cards that trigger off of things being healed. Yeah. So, there's a chance. Possible. So, what, what do we got next, wife? Our next one is Rising Sun Kick. It is a one-cost ability for a Windwalker combo. Target player exhausts a ready ally he or she controls. Your hero deals two melee damage to it. So, I like this one a lot. Yeah. There, the weird thing to me is combo. So, I mean, obviously there's going to be things that reference combos, but to me there was a reason why Cryptozoic moved away from it. Obviously there was a reason, but I think it was, it was a good silly. reason. Like, I liked that Cryptozoic moved away from combos in the transition around World Breaker because it... Combos make it super complicated to both construct the decks and to release the cards because they're. It just makes it very difficult to try and play any of the decks that involve them. And they become so narrow. It does become very narrow, and if you're. If it gets broken apart at all, it definitely can throw things away. But as a card itself, it still seems. Pretty oh, the, the card, ignoring the combo <laughs> like, part, this card is great. Combo. Two is really important on turn one, yeah. because Jade Fire Scouts, Rosalind's, uh, pick other arbitrary Yeah, or, like, think of your, all your one class, there you go. Basically, now the, the important thing is your hero deals the damage, so Lady Bancroft dodges it. Yeah, it's straight up damage, so Garrett Vice dodges it. But it certainly does help against aggressive red decks and aggressive green decks. Yeah. So... Both things to keep in mind, and it only costs one. But it's not an instant, which is unfortunate, mm-hmm. but you can't have everything. I think this card is totally fair and would definitely see play. Yeah. So, on to the next one, Roll. It's actually a zero-cost instant Windwalker combo that says remove your hero from combat. If you do, ready it. Um, I like it. It's fine. It's... It's fine. Sure. I mean, there if, is a possibility you could, you know, use it on your turn to attack twice. Can no, you because it removes it from combat. But I don't know if that removed it from combat for the whole turn or just for that. For well, that yeah, you could attack instant. again, but you wouldn't yeah. get the first attack. That's true. The only thing I think is uh, if your hero's a protector. So yeah. You see, you could protect, remove from combat, it cancels the combat, and then you ready it so you can protect again. Yeah. But again, it's a, it's a combo which is important. So, where I'm assuming it's going to be important. So, what do we got next, wife? Rushing Jade Wind. It, it, wind. It <laughs> is... What? I'm stuffy, so I said wind, and I didn't pronounce the D. Um, it is a three-cost Brewmaster ability. Ongoing, your hero has plus one attack. Basic, destroy a non-token ally you control. Destroy this ability. Any player may activate this power. So rushing Jade win may have been an accurate description. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know if everybody out there is familiar with Emmy Sprinkle Strike. I think that's her name. It's an Alliance Warrior Gnome 
that was one of the first heroes to have a static ability. So she was one of the Arena Grand Melee. Her and uh, Kauno, Quano, I don't remember his name, Steelhoof. It, it was a Torn Druid that got 40 health when you flipped him. Okay. And then Emmy's was when she flipped, she had a static one attack. So she was kind of a mini master hero. This just, as we've learned with Broderick, one attack is important. The better part here is this is one attack, not a salt one. Yeah. So, so if you run into me, your guys still get hit. Yeah. So that's pretty big. At worst, at worst, this card is pay three for Melt Face. Yeah. Like, oh, man, yeah. I feel like this is really good. And against a control deck, you are you just have a static one attack. Yeah. So you can just start running in, start chipping them down. And you're going to get to, because it's basic, so that's also key. Since it's basic, your opponent can't deal with it on your turn. So you will immediately get to play it and attack, and then they're going to have to do it on their turn. Now, granted, yeah. they'll obviously, or presumably, attack in, pop a guy, and if they're sacrificing a Broderick, you're probably going to feel bad. But that's true. It's still it's still solid. I think it's I like this card a, a lot. Card. All right, now we have sparring. It is a one-cost ability, a Windwalker combo. Each opponent destroys the equipment he or she controls with the highest cost. Reciprocate weapon. So reciprocate is one of the new keywords. All right, good. And Explain in, that to us. Sure, I would be happy <laughs> to, wife. So reciprocate is when a blank, in this case, it was it was it equipment or weapon? I'm switching back and forth between my my spreadsheets. So it's reciprocate weapon. So in this case, it's when a weapon or it could be something else comes into play under an opponent's control. You may discard a card. If you do, return this from your graveyard to your hand. So, anytime your opponent plays a weapon, you can yank this right out of the graveyard by discarding another card so you can play it again. All right, yeah, that's pretty strong. It seemed pretty good. Problem is, is that, I mean, honestly, the reciprocate's probably not going to trigger yeah, that much. But it's a. Because the way reciprocate is worded is. Oh, no, it's actually when a... So in this case, when a weapon comes into play under an opponent's control, so if they cheat a weapon into play, so let's say they reconstruct it out of their graveyard right into play, it'll still trigger the reciprocate, meaning that you can resurrect this card to try and pop their weapon. That makes that significantly better. I Even though I just read it in my head, I was thinking, oh, when they play it. Yeah. So it seems pretty good. Yeah, I think it's time. I like it. I mean, obviously, it's it's a a hoser for Deathwish type style yeah. decks. So if they go all in on Deathwish itself, you won't have to worry about it too much. But they're only going to get one activation basically out of every weapon. So it's something you got to keep them thinking. All right, our next one, husband, you want to take it? Sure. So this is Spear Hand Strike. It's a five cost instant Windwalker ability. Your hero deals 5 melee damage to target hero, hero or ally. If damage is dealt to a hero this way, you may interrupt an ability, ally, or equipment played by its controller. That player cannot play cards that share a card type with the interrupted card this turn. I like it. That seems really strong. Yeah. It seems 
So it seems strong, but also appropriately balanced for five mana. Yeah. It might be a little bit above the curve. It yeah, I would a say above the curve. Now that I think about it. Um. Yeah, I would say it's it's definitely above the curve. I'm just not sure how much. I think the five damage is nice if you're playing against anything with armor. Like, because then you'll probably still get through, and then you'll be yeah. able to still interrupt. But That's true. I think it's going to be rough for anything that doesn't have armor. I think this the last like, line... That's a lot of damage. Well, that the, the fact that it's five damage is important, too, because it just one-for-one's death fear. Yeah. So even if they already have a death fear in play, you can just ignite him with this. I mean, I hate death fear, so I'm okay with that, but at the same point in time, yeah. Now, here's the thing. It, the last line that they can't play cards to share type with the one that's interrupted, seems super powerful, but at the same time, on... So if you're... By the time you're at this turn, though, I feel like what you're playing, though, is mostly going to be bigger things, and you've already spent your... Exactly. You've already spent your... No, you're absolutely right. And it... It's definitely another thing where, as people get comfortable playing against the monk class, like, oh, you're playing a control monk, or a slower monk, or a mid-range, whatever... You have five resources open. I wonder what you're holding. Yeah, right? <laughs> it's kind of like you're playing against a mage. You, all of your stuff effectively costs one extra to play uh, yeah. to play around Taste of Arcana. Yeah. Turn five, you're worried about Mystic Denial from mages. From monks, you're probably worried about Spearhand Strike. Yeah. Like, yeah. five damage is a big it's kick a in lot. the team. That's a lot of damage. That would be something that I want to hear how people who are testing it... If it's just ridiculous, well, because you have to keep it in mind, it seems ridiculous. You have to keep in mind that you, that monk players skip their fifth turn, or yeah. whatever turn it is, so they skip their entire turn to try and make you skip your entire turn. But if you're playing Bogmara and they're not addressing the things on the board, you don't care that they interrupted your third, my what, third bottle or, or whatever. whatever. Yeah. I mean, yes, it matters, but at the but, same time, it yeah. doesn't matter because you're beaten face. Yeah. So, I, I like it, but we're going to have to see how things shake out. Yeah. So, what's next, wife? It's a special delivery! I might have had you read the other one, so I can say that one. Oh, I love you. Um, this is a four-cost instant ability. It's a brewmaster talent. Um, when a non-token equipment you control is destroyed, put a keg item token into play. Destroy a keg you control. Your hero deals one fire damage to each opposing hero and ally. Destroy a keg you control. Your hero heals one damage from each friendly hero and ally. All right, so this card is super fun, and I right now want to call... First of all, I want to call for Errata that this card has to have... You have to scream something when you use the abilities. I just want you to say special deliver. Like, even just saying special delivery makes it so much fun. Yeah, maybe, like, the card name should be different, but special delivery should be part of the cost. So it's, say special delivery and destroy a keg you control. Yes. Like, that would actually... Logan, do it. I think that's how it should be. We have faith in you. I'm making that note on this right now. So... Aside from that, it's a talent, so you expect it to be, you know, a little bit pushing the curve. Yeah. It's got to be worth it. I don't know how I feel about this one as an actual card yet. I'm still okay with it. Well, I mean from an actual playability perspective. So it's an ability that requires you to be playing a ton of equipment 
that presumably can destroy themselves because you can't necessarily rely on your opponent to do it for you. It's an instance, so of course, that if they say destroy an equipment, you can play it in response. But at the same time, I don't know. I feel like you're going to be using the first power way more to try and keep control of the board. And yeah. the second power, I don't think you're going to be able to play allies, equipment, and this and make it work. But then again, haven't seen all the cards yet. This is true. So I still think that I would play this card just I do, for it. I do love the card. It's 11 out of 10 for hilariousness. Just flaming booze. Anyway. So next one, number 17, is Spitting Crane Kick. Four cost ability, Windwalker combo. As an additional cost, you may shuffle any number of other combo cards in your graveyard or from your graveyard into your deck. Your hero deals X plus two melee damage to each opposing ally, or X is the number of cards you shuffled in with different names. Bum, so bum. here's the obvious... Well, A, I wonder why it's not a finishing move. I don't know if monks have those, but I feel like it should I be a finishing move. I do not remember from playing... I did not game. play Miss of Pandaria, so... And, and the I, monk I know is Chen from Warcraft 3. So. Yeah, and I focused on the Flaming Booze, actually, in, when I was playing Pandaria. So, so I stayed true to who I am, damn it. I feel as though this card's a little on the weak side. Yeah. The fact that it does, A, does damage, so Werewolves is going to laugh at it. B, it requires you to have played combos, which we did go over some of them, and some of them are pretty good, so, okay, that's not terrible. Problem is, is that it has to be different names. Yeah. So, comparatively, I mean, Overkill's really strong. Uh, the one that escapes me, the newer Rogue 5 cost that's Overkill fixed, was pretty strong. Even Carnage just yeah. destroys everything for or less. I mean... I don't. I feel like this one could use some help, yeah. but maybe I just don't. It, it doesn't seem like there's enough combos at the moment, and that kind of ties back to what I was saying before. Is because since it requires specifically different ones, if you draw this and two rolls, you're probably. I mean, maybe you're not unhappy because that's still three to all opposing allies for four. Like that's reasonable. Yeah. I think it's. I think it's. It's an okay card. I don't think it's. It's a combo it's, itself, yeah. so, you know, playing one lets you power up the next one. Yeah. So I, I guess that's... It's, yeah, that's good. It seems fine. Yeah, fine is how I would describe that one. So, okay. All right, our next one is Stagger. It is a one-cost instant ability for Brewmaster. Um, ongoing, attach Stagger to a friendly hero or ally. When Stagger enters play, the next time damage would be dealt to the attached character this turn... Prevent it and put that many bruise counters on Stagger. At the start of your turn, remove a bruise counter and attached character deals one melee damage to itself. This card is bonkers. And it's hilarious having, uh, like, just knowing it's a bruise, ca a brewmaster card named Stagger and you get bruises. This is a Jackie Chan movie. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh,. <laughs> No, actually, the, there was a Jackie Chan yeah. movie like this. Anyway. But regardless, um, so uh, this card is pretty bonkers. This ties back to when, what was the one that lets you, so Diffuse Magic, the one where target player. Here's a reason to target yourself. Yeah. So your opponent's going to hit you for, I don't know, 10. Let's just make up a number. Say they're going to hit you for 10. Yeah. 
So you put 10 counters on this. Well, it would slowly bruise you yeah. down. Except now, A... You remove your own yeah, ability. You, you basically take one. Yeah. Now, you're, you're spending two cards to do it. But, but if there are ways for you to destroy your own things... That's there yeah. you go. Makes it really strong. Definitely does. It. I think it, this card has a lot of potential. Plus, the fact that it slowly spreads it out. Excuse me. The, the slowly spreading it out makes it a lot more manageable. There's a lot of things that you can do with this. I think this card's pretty strong. Yeah, I definitely agree. So our next one. This is actually not just a monk card. This is a Death Knight, Druid, Monk, and Warrior card. Sweep. Two cost, instant ability. Choose physical or non-physical. Your hero deals one damage of those types to each opposing hero and ally. So I think the actual terms are physical and magical. Okay. But I could be wrong. I mean, I know there's sense. there are cards that reference magical damage, which the implication is non-physical. Yeah. So I don't know if that's what's intended or what, but what do you think of this card in general? I think... It seems pretty good. Yeah. I think there, it's fine. There's actually a mage card that does yeah. almost literally the same exact yeah, thing. Yeah, that's it's what two I was thinking of. deal one arcane to everything. So the fact that you can change it I mean, that, makes yeah, it better. That makes it good for your... And um, it's an instant. I don't think the other card like is an instant. Yeah. But at the same time, it's only one damage, so yeah. who cares? I mean, one damage over time is fine, but yeah. This I mean, is combined not... with that other one, the X ability, yeah. that makes it do plus one or unpreventable. But now you're spending two cards to do two damage. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's fine, but we'll, we'll have fine. to see what the other cards bring us. So the next one is Teachings of the Monastery. Wow, you totally skipped me. It's my turn. You had two in a row before. Oh, fine, go. Fine. No, fine. <laughs> fine. It is the Teachings of the Monastery, and it is a five-cost Mistweaver ability, and its tag is Stance 1. So I really should have let you take in that so you could have talked about Stance. But anyway, <laughs> ongoing, you can't play allies or weapons. When you play an ability, put a Kata counter on this ability. Your hero has plus one attack for each Kata counter on this ability. This obviously ties into a number of the other cards that where it's an allyless solo monk. Yeah. And I like that idea. Five is a lot. Yeah, it is. So you're taking up your entire turn to do nothing. Like, yeah. literally nothing. Because the way it's and worded, like, it's not going to count itself. And it's this is definitely, like, a long game card. Like, you know, you want it over time. And, like, by turn five, even in control decks, we're in the, in the middle to end. Now, at the same time, we do have a zero-cost ability in roll. So you could play this, your opponent goes, oh, you skipped your turn five, I'm going to go for the throat. You roll out of one of their attacks. That's true. Put a plus-one attack counter on it, their next guy now is taking damage. On top of the fact that roll is a combo, feeding that four-cost thing... You can see where the, yeah. the the intent is going. Yeah, I can see it. I just like, gotta. I do like it more. a lot, and obviously, if you're building this deck, you're not putting in allies or weapons to begin with. Yeah. So that the drawback is non-existent. It's your whole body's a weapon. <laughs> right. 
All but I can the, think of is the gif with like the little tiny pandas like holding on to their keeper and then the keepers have to keep having to move them because they're trying to put out the food and then the pandas go to hold on the ke- keeper because they want cuddles. That's you didn't think, think of the monk from Diablo dropping bells on people? No, I'm thinking of cuddly pandas, damn it. <laughs> anyway, so I do really like this ability. It's something I would have to test. The stance one, to go back to that, means that you can... It's kind of like a one-handed weapon or a yeah. thrall okay. one. You can only have one stance out. This is your stance. Because you can't do the dancing moves. Well, you could replace it with a different stance. True, but... So, it, the again, it's... You're skipping your turn, so you have to play it with roll in hand, I think, or, you know, something, or wait till turn six. Because otherwise, you're... Even if you do, you're still opening yourself up a lot. Like, mm-hmm. turn five is a dangerous turn to just go resource go, essentially. Yeah. Like, it, it is a very dangerous you're turn. You're taking a, a pretty big risk there. All right. What's your next one, husband? So, the next one is Thirst Quenched Breath of Fire. Ba, ba, ba. Five cost Brewmaster ability. Now, these are my favorites. <laughs> so, as an additional. I'm pretty sure co- we've both been pretty fond of the Brewmaster abilities the entire time, but anyway. You said you like Mistweaver. I liked the word Mistweaver. Okay. I like the abilities of making booze. So, Brewmaster, Thirst Quench, Breath of Fire, as an additional cost, exhaust your ready hero. When this ability enters play, your hero deals three fire damage to each opposing hero and ally. Ongoing. Basic. Destroy this ability. Your hero deals two fire damage to each opposing hero and ally. So, basically, turn five, pay five, hit their board for five. Um, that seems pretty good. Seems, yeah. It's fire damage, so it, it tags things like Sardok. Five damage is a pretty good breakpoint because Warbringer or Rixamal with Unholy Power on the board has five health. Yeah, it does. So, I mean, there are Hezrianas that would survive because you would have six health, but most of Tyrus's allies are toast. Basically, every other ally from everything else is toast with the exception of werewolves. I like this one a lot, and yeah. obviously it would be a staple with alongside teaching the monastery, and you know all the yeah. stuff that goes into that solo deck. I could certainly see this getting played in other decks too. Yeah. My only initial thing is so as an additional cost to play it, it's exhaust your hero. I wonder if either the ongoing ability should have that, and or move it to the. Uh, ongoing ability. So instead of exhausting your hero to play it, it's exhaust your hero to activate the ability versus or maybe exhaust on both because dealing five is a lot. Yeah. Like that's clearing virtually every major played ally. I mean, that's not necessarily bad. Yeah. That being said, if a death fears on the other side, he's just going to soak it all up because he's a sponge. He's a canoe. But I like this yeah. card. Like this card's strong. All right, our next one is Thunder Focus T. Sounds delicious. It is a six Sounds cost. Shocking. God, you yeah okay. It's a six cost instant get it ability. Thunder doesn't actually. Shock. Oh dear God, it just, I get it. Captain Dad joke. <laughs> <laughs> it's it. The thunder isn't what shocks. It's the lightning. Anyway. Um, 
It is a six cost instant ability of a Mistweaver combo. You pay one less to pay. You play. You wow. You pay you one less. One? <laughs> you pay one less t- to play your next card this turn for each friendly face-up resource. The next time you play a card this turn, look up the top X cards of your deck and put one into your hand where X is equal to the printed cost of the card you played. Shuffle your deck. So shuffle one those decks. One yeah, one thing. That I've... Is it just me or all the cards have a lot of words? Yeah, they do. Maybe not all the cards, but a lot of the cards have a lot of words. Yeah. Which I, is, I, I think it goes back, though, I really think it goes back to how tired the two of us are and how punchy we are getting. No, this one this one has a lot of words. Yeah. That, that's not bad. I'm just... An observation. Yeah. This one's interesting. I don't know how good it is. The, the cool thing is that it's... Next card, so it doesn't care what type. Yeah. The problem is, is it's face-up resources, and the majority of the time, like, how many face-up quests do you frequently have? So I mean, you, yeah. You, you might have a location and maybe two quests. I'm just getting hung up on the friendly face-up resource. I understand what it means, but all I can think of is resources with smiley faces on them. <laughs> That, that is actually, now that you say that, a little bit weird or odd wording compared to the norm where it would typically be resource friendly or face-up resources you control. Yeah. It probably wouldn't say friendly. Now, the it has ki- smiley faces. that being said, going back to our podcast about raids, those are friendly resources. Yeah. So I don't know if the intent with the set was to try and cover all bases, both limited and constructed and, and uh, PVE and this and that. And if it is, great. If not, this is probably going to be... Your next card costs three more. Draw one of your choice from the top X cards. Yeah. Which isn't bad. I'm not sure why the the shuffle your deck part is on there. I mean, I, I get it, but does it really need to be there? Yeah. Would, would, it be, would it be too powerful if it was... Look at the top X, put one into your hand, put the rest back in any order. I think it it would make it it would t- make that teeter on the edge of possibly too powerful. You think? I don't I think don't that would be too bad. It costs six. I feel it's like true. I got Oh yeah. You know what I forgot the cost. No, I would I'm like to get you. my money's worth. <laughs> this is true. Or maybe it would be funnier if and it just said delve, delve, delve. That would be funny. So just delve three times? I mean, yeah, you would feel super yeah. bad if you really wanted that first card, and it's just like, well, it's just going to sit on top. Yeah. <laughs> but but anyway, so yeah. that's Thunder Focus T. Next one is Tiger Palm. It's a two-cost instant ability brewmaster combo. Your hero has plus one attack and gains protector and sentinel this turn. Do you remember what sentinel you is? You forgot the ready your hero line. Oh, ready your hero. You are correct. And no, I don't remember what Sentinel So Sentinel is, is you can ready, after your hero exhausts for the first time, it readies again. Okay. So you can attack twice, you can protect twice. This is interesting because you technically get essentially three attacks in a turn. So you go yeah. attack, play this, it readies it, attack, ready, attack, I think. I don't remember how Sentinel's worded whether if you exhausted previously, does that eat up the Sentinel? I'd have to go, I don't have the wording in front of me, so I'd yeah. have to check it. Um, I think I saw a question in the Facebook group about this card, or something with Sentinel, and I'm assuming it's for this, but we'd have to go back and check. 
that would be important to know because especially with teachings of the monastery, let's say you have like five kata counters on there, the difference between attacking for 10 and 15 is kind of big. I mean, hitting yeah. for 10 should be sufficient anyway, but still. So I like Tiger Palm. Yeah, I think it's good. The question is, do you think it goes in a ally-based deck, so you're going to use the Protector Sentinel, and then, you know, occasionally attack for one? Or do you go in a control deck and just go all face all the time? I think it's, or I, solo I mean, I deck, think it's really. viable in both, and I think that's what makes it a decent card, is yeah. the fact that it is definitely viable in both options. The, I don't know if I want to spend two resources to face check a two health ally twice. Yeah. Like, do you really want... I understand want, that, but... Like, would you want to take nine from Rosalind to remove her yeah, by playing be, this? So she attacks annoying. you once, you play this, you attack her twice? That feels kind of bad. It does. I feel like it has to be you're going face with it. Yeah. Like, the, the protectors and uh, readying your hero, I think, are the important part. Yes, the, the I think attack like, the protector matters, side but... is good, especially if you can find a way to avoid taking the damage from being a protector. Mm, I feel like if you had to burn two cards, so you played this and then played roll, yeah, you're, you're right. down two cards. That's a lot. I hate it when you're right. Stop being right. <laughs> so the next one, do you want to take away? Is touch of death, and isn't there another card, touch of death? I don't think so, but they do. They already have Death Coil and Death Coil. It was a Warlock card, yeah. like Heroes of Azeroth or that block, and maybe uh, Fires of Outland. I don't remember. And then Death Coil, the Death Knight card. Okay. So. I mean, yeah. It's a one-cost Mistweaver ability attached to an opposing hero or ally. Ongoing. At the beginning of your turn, destroy this ability. When this ability leaves play, your hero deals three unpreventable melee damage to the attached character. Sure. Yeah, that's good. That's I mean, fine. It, I don't like it very much. Because Cost one, so whatever. I mean, yes, but at the same time... It, like, all those Warlock abilities that are, at the start of your turn, you get to blow up all allies. It's like, okay, well, mm. I, I telegraph it. My opponent could remove it, you know. Granted, the Warlock ones cost more. This, like you said, only cost one. I'm not super thrilled by it, but it is a one-cost ability, so then that pumps up teachings in the monastery, potentially, yeah. you know. You gotta look at it from all those angles. Alright, so our next one is actually a next two. I was confused. What do you mean? They are both whirling dragon punches. It's number 25 and 26. One costs 5, one costs 6. Both are instant abilities. Both are Windwalker finishing move talents. And for the cost 5, your hero deals melee damage to equal to its attack to each opposing hero and ally. You may return up to two combo cards with different names from your graveyard into your hand. Or the six cost one is a Windwalker talent finishing move monk ability. Your hero deals X melee damage to each opposing hero or ally where X is the number of abilities removed. Return an ability with cost X or less from your graveyard into your hand. You pay X less to play your next ability this turn. All right, that was too much talking in one shot. Yeah, so let's let's go back to the first Whirling Dragon Punch. So that's the five cost. Like wife said, it's a Windwalker finishing move. 
and this one deals melee damage equal to your hero's attack to each opposing hero and ally, and then you can recur two combo cards with different names. So we have that same, it has to be different names clause, which is interesting and a little confusing. And also, Uh, I have a feeling it's going to be frustrating. Yeah, so I'm... I'm just getting that out there now. I have a feeling that's that's not going to work out as well as hoped. I don't know if it's a monk, (laughs) uh, like, theme thing for that, or if it was a balancing initiative. In either case, I think given the quantity of combos, this is going to be difficult. Yeah. So let's assume you're probably only ever getting one back, just to, you know, take an average case. Hopefully you're getting two, but maybe not. Plus, if you recur them, they're not, depending on what you get back, they may or may not be available right away for finishing moves yeah. to use. Now, the dealing damage equal to its attack, first thing I'm thinking of is a horde monk with Broderick. Yeah. So there's a free attack on your turn, plus, you know, whatever else you do. If there's a solo monk out there, it's probably going to be horde because Broderick is basically an ability. I mean, he's an ally, but not really. He's, yeah. he's going to be in the graveyard most of the game. And it feeds this. So I think that that's pretty good. I think five might be a lot. Because as we talked about, so Carnage basically clears the board on five. This could theoretically only deal two damage on turn five. Yeah, which that'd be unfortunate. is going to make you feel super bad. Because high-velocity, horde-aggressive decks are probably looking to close the game out at this point. They've already gotten the damage out of their allies. High-velocity alliance decks, a.k.a. Aberration, don't care because it's damage. And anything else is going to be bigger than that? You know, like if it's more of a mid-rangey thing? And it deals melee damage, so things like Sardok will survive, or Deathveer can soak it, or, I mean, it's good that it deals to heroes and allies, but it feels like five is a lot for this. Now, it is an instant, so I understand why it is five. But I don't know if it... it then again, at the same time, it's deal two to their board, draw two, essentially. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I get why it's five, I just don't know if it's going to be enough. Yeah. Like, I'd have to see how often you're doing more than two damage. Yeah. And whether two damage is enough. Maybe you're able to, you know, chip down their allies enough that it doesn't matter. I'm not sure. And recurring a lot of these combos, maybe it matters. But say you're playing against another solo deck. Getting plus one attack and Sentinel, maybe it doesn't even matter. Yeah. I think that would be something we would definitely have to be trying a little bit more hands-on to see if it works out. It's very interesting. It feels <coughs> like it might be a little over-costed, but it, again, first impressions. We could be totally off base. Yeah. That's part of the fun. Yeah. So, the we'll second... we our words tomorrow and think everything, and we're like, eh, Yeah, we're gonna go to sleep, wake up tomorrow, and be like, what? Why didn't we... Yeah. So, um, the second Whirling Dragon Punch is a finishing move, again, for monk abilities. So, this is the other wording. Instead of specifically referencing combos... It's looking at monk abilities, which is, quick aside, I feel as though a lot of these would be a lot, obviously they would be better, but it would be a lot cleaner, and maybe you could smooth the power curve out a little bit if it was just monk abilities. Yeah, I think that might make 
where yeah. it, it's not as feast or famine where, oh, yeah. well, I hit Warmall Champ and milled three combos, guess I'm online, or, oh, I hit three quests, guess I don't do anything for five yeah. turns, you know. Those are always rough. Um, or I hit three abilities, oh, they're not combos, womp So, anyway, this is Finishing Move Monk ability. Your hero deals X melee damage to each opposing hero and ally, where X is number of abilities removed. Return an ability with cost X or less from your graveyard to your hand. You pay X less to play your next ability this turn. So basically, you get to... Well, you can get back any ability. It doesn't have to be a combo. So you can get back Tuscar Kite, just because that's an easy go-to example. I don't know if you'd use it with this, but... Now, the other thing is, there's no cap on how many you can remove? (laughs) I don't remember if... So... The wording on old rogue finishing moves was up to five. Yeah, it was like up to five. Yeah, I think. But I might... don't know if that's actually keyed to the finishing move keyword. I mean, it's not yeah. a keyword, but the, the I... finishing move thing or not? I. I don't... I don't think it is. I don't think it is either. But I think this card is solid, obviously, especially using monk abilities. I think there might need to be a cap, but that's something you would need to This card feels discuss. bonkers yeah, like if there's feels, no cap. Yeah, if there's no cap, this card is ridiculous. So your entire deck, like, it goes in that solo deck, and here's your finisher. Yeah. Because not only will it clear it the board... legitimately your finisher. Like, let's say, so you're going like, to... And what if you just randomly mill, like, five cards due to nonsense and they're all well, abilities you, well you play ring of blood you you basically yeah. play vorix with this yeah except oh wait i can return so <laughs> wait 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 so so i well no that's no reason so what i was gonna say what if you played whirling dragon punch and then recur to whirling dragon punch to play it but why sense. didn't you just remove all the cards on the first one yeah so that doesn't behoove you really to do that no it doesn't but I really Except to make you laugh inside in your head. I really want this to get played with Storm Earth and Fire because it's seven cost. So remove seven, play Storm Earth and Fire for free, and then or Thundering Footsteps. Oh <laughs> like, I don't know. It, this card seems like it's a lot of fun. It seems nuts. I'm not sure why there's two with the same name. If that's a mistake or not. Yeah. Um. Um. I like I like the second one more even like. They're similar, so I don't know yeah, if it's two, two takes on the same card, or they, or like we were talking about Death Coil on Death Coil, it's, yeah. you can have these, like, they are the same name, but you can only have one, yeah. one or the other in your deck, I definitely, or two or two. Or... I definitely like the six cost one more, um, even with a cap, I still think it would be better. Yeah, I, 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 I like agree. it more. Personal opinion. The fact First that you, you basically get to play... So let's say there's a cap of five. You get to play 11 resources worth of stuff for six. Yeah. Seems crazy. It really does. Like super crazy. So I'm assuming A, there's a cap, and B, that there's something else we're missing there, because that seems nuts. All right. Our last, our final husband, take it away. All right. Final card is Zen Pilgrimage. It's a two-cost Mistweaver ability that says turn down, turn up to... Two face-down quests or locations you control face-up. I like it. So maybe Flying Carpet has a deck. I don't know. <laughs> I doubt it. Maybe this oh, is the God. deck. <laughs> it, I can show 
So I, this is another one that's like okay, it, it, yeah, that's a thing, I guess. I, I it's fine. At least get. I mean, like, what did, what well, I mean, it's like, in? I don't know, but I like my, I like my um, quests. Yeah, we all do, but like, and I'm just thinking, cares? like, yeah, but I don't know. I'm gonna. Have, it could be fun. I don't know. This is another one that maybe there's I think, something. I honestly, I think it's one of those like. The last two that we just talked about were so, like, ridiculous. And then we're like, eh, it's, it's a card. It's a yeah. card. It's good. So, but... initial impression, Monk abilities, what do you think, wife? I think Monk is going to be a lot of fun to play. Um, and I particularly enjoy the mental image of most of the Brewmaster talents. So, I'm okay with that. What was the first deck you want to build? The first deck I want to build is a brewmaster chuck flaming um chuck flaming canisters at people. <laughs> I guess that's going to be a thing. I would pref- personally I would prefer depending on how the wording on some of these things shakes out and how they work. I uh, well even if it doesn't, I probably want to go into solo monk and yeah. just tank it up with teachings of the monastery think, and then just go berserk. I think solo monk will be a lot of fun to play. Um, Solo Monk's going to have a problem, though. It doesn't seem to have a whole lot of removal. Well, yeah. I mean, but it has we'll removal. We'll see what, come, what comes down the list next time when we talk about our allies. Because maybe we're like so excited about Solo Monk, but we don't know who their friends are going to be. That's true. And Although, you're going to have to pronounce almost all of them. <laughs> well, Looking we'll, at it now. We'll oh, get God. there next time. So we, we're going to try and get the next one out. Well, the... The next scheduled podcast will be, or is intended to be, about the remainder of the Monk cards. It may or may not change between now and then. But we'll go with what we have, whatever happens to be the most recent iteration that we have access to. And maybe we'll have played some by then. I'm hoping, but uh, with the holidays coming up, yeah, Yeah. getting prepped for everything. Everybody out there probably knows that story. Yeah. So, in the meantime... We hope everybody had fun going over these cards with us. Definitely chime in with your own thoughts. Do you think we're totally off base? Do you think we're right on target? Do you Have think... you actually played the cards instead of just looking at them now? That would probably be better than our opinion. <laughs> yeah. So, we know that the Broderick episode got a lot of downloads because apparently people love controversy. So, hopefully, we either made people super happy or angry with what we said. I don't know. I don't want to make people angry. Well, I, don't want I mean, to I'm sure either. I do it, but I don't want it to happen. I don't but want to anyway. either, but, you know, it sparks discussion that way. Look at it that way. Considering this is our longest episode to date, there will not be an off-topic. So, for now, I'm wife. And I'm husband. Have fun, everybody. So, for all other things Random Thoughts, you can find us on iTunes, at our website, randomsthoughts.wordpress.com. You can now find us on Facebook under the tag of Random Thoughts. And please feel free to reach out to us on Gmail at randomsthoughtspodcast at gmail.com. Hope to hear from you soon.